welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Maggie Kane, first and foremost, has a passion for loving people. Full-on hype queen, she is a speaker, entrepreneur, and executive director with a special focus in nonprofits and small killer coffee shops. Eight years ago, Maggie founded A Place at the Table, Raleigh's North Carolina's pay-what-you-can nonprofit cafe, which has fed thousands of humans some incredible food and an even better community. She believes strongly in the power of unconventional communities and showing everyone she meets that they have a place at the table. She's a proud member of the Downtown Raleigh Alliance Board, Band Together Advisory Board, and Feed the Pack Food Pantry Advisory Board at NCSU. She lives in Raleigh, loves to jump rope, and eats a large amount of peanut butter. She loves hiking in the mountains and hour-long tattoo appointments. You'll find her watching movies at the theaters in those big comfy chairs, skydiving, or breaking away for a quick two-day weekend trip. Hi, Maggie. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here with you. Thanks thanks for inviting us on. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, thank you for coming on. So let's get started. Um, so I read that you were born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, what, what was it like growing up for you in Raleigh? I was. I love Raleigh. I think um, it's so funny. Every time I say I'm, I'm born and raised in Raleigh, people say, oh, my gosh, that's so unique. That's so rare. You're a unicorn. <laughs> um, but I do think that it's becoming less rare. I think there's a there's a lot of us that I've that are either moving back or, or have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Raleigh. I'm so thankful to live in Raleigh. I um, born and raised with my with my mom. I have an older brother and I have a twin sister. Oh, and okay. um, just just so thankful for my family. And they're they're all still local, mm-hmm. which has been a gift, gift to me and, and gift to have them around. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but yeah, grew up in Raleigh and w- went to school here and, um, and got involved in a lot of different things. Did a lot of volunteering as a kid mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of, um, involved in a church as well. So, so involved in a lot of, a lot of that work too. Oh, cool. Okay. So I also read that, like you said, you mentioned your twin sister and your older brother, but you were raised by your mom, who was a retired yep. accountant and college professor. So how did having a single mom raise you impact the way you looked at life? Oh, my gosh. Great question. I've never gotten <laughs> that question. Um, uh, my mom is, is seriously the best person alive. Mm. Um, she has taught me everything everything I, I, I know and everything I believe and um, what my core values in life are, why I live life. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, my mom truly, um, gosh, she worked nonstop. She, she <laughs> loved us nonstop. She would have mm-hmm. done anything for us and, and still, still will. Um, but I think, I think just seeing how, how giving and kind and, and just a lover of people that she was, mm-hmm. um, still is it just, it's, it's, again, it's, it's how I was raised so mm-hmm. with those core values innately in her, um, that was transferred to us. And it's, I've never thought differently. I, I just feel very fortunate to have learned that at a young age mm-hmm. and, um, had her, had her as a, as a role model. I love that. Okay. So I also read that when you were in sixth grade, you volunteered at a soup kitchen and it affected you. Can you share that story with me? Sure. Yeah. So as I said, my mom, um, just service minded and loving of people and, and, um, just giving every, every dollar she has, Mm -hmm. she, um, would take us to volunteer a lot. And so we, we volunteered at, at the soup kitchen, Mm -hmm. um, 
with our church and and she uh well we go to the soup kitchen and raleigh has an awesome soup kitchen they Mm -hmm. feed they feed like 300 people in an hour it's amazing work they're they're really fighting food insecurity and so we go and we'd we'd um you know help prep the meal we'd we'd cook and do whatever they needed us to do and then then we would um you know, we, we'd start serving the meal for, mm-hmm. for the line at the door of people, the 300 people that were coming in. And, and I, every single time I always thought, why am I right? Like I was like 12, maybe 15, 12, mm-hmm. 15, however old I was. Um, and I would see a kid that would be that age too, mm-hmm. but that kid would not be serving the food. They would be, they would be taking the food. Right. So right. I'd a plate to a kid that looked just like me that could have been in school with me. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, um, why that was and yeah. how unfair that was. And, and, and then looked at the food and I was, and I, you know, we wouldn't sit and eat the food. We would mm. then go and get Moe's or or Chipotle or something mm-hmm. like that, right. and go out, go choose what we want, spend hours, and and you know hours hanging out with our friends and different people. Um, and so I just always thought, like, what, what, why am why am I in this situation? And and there's a kid that looks just like me that isn't. Right. Um. So really, it really impacted the way I thought about. Uh, society, wealth, um, the divide, the divide of people, inequalities, um, inequities, it, it, it just sparked that, that curiosity of mm-hmm. how we could change um, some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going from there, you went to Wakefield High School, but yep. then, uh, but then after, after you graduated from there, you went to college at North Carolina State and got involved yep. with Love Wins Mister- Ministries. Yeah. What is Love Wins Ministries and how did you become involved with that? Sure. Yeah. So I actually um, I went to Wakefield and, and thought I was going to go to school somewhere else. Thought I would leave Raleigh. I was mm-hmm. really ready to leave Raleigh. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to go to, to my, my first choice was no offense to NC State. I, I'm so thankful I went to NC State, but no offense to NC State. I mm-hmm. went up to Boone, North Carolina. So I went to App and um, it was, it was one weekend, it was negative two degrees and raining oh, and, I, and I said, I'm not going to be happy here. Yeah. Um, so ended up, yeah, exactly. So ended up stay, it ended up at a state, which was an awesome four years, got involved in a campus ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I ironically went to school for international relations, hmm. um, Italian and business. So uh-huh. I was thinking still, I'm going to get out of Raleigh. I'm going to move abroad. I'm going to work for some sort of nonprofit right. NGO or or potentially work for the embassy or, mm-hmm. or just teach English. Right. I had a lot of different options I was considering. But in this campus ministry that I was involved in, I heard a speaker come and talk about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was starting a day shelter in Raleigh called Love Wins. Oh. Um, and, and so Love Wins, to answer your questions, question was a day shelter that was open for many years. Okay. Um, and a day shelter is a place where people experiencing homelessness uh-huh. can go in the day. There is really no place in Raleigh where people who live outside and have nowhere to go mm-hmm. can go in the day and just mm. be. So, so there was, it was a place to get a cup of coffee to mm-hmm. get out, out of the weather like today where it's really cold and, you know, rainy, mm-hmm. um, um, to, to have a place to sit for a little bit and have some respite. And so, um, I heard this speaker and I just had this gut feeling that I had to be involved and I needed to learn more about it. Mm. Um, so I did. And, and the rest is history. Okay. Well, you're, you were also, okay. So, so during your involvement with them, I saw a photo of you in 2013 on the Love Wins Ministries website that went viral. Can you tell yeah. me what that photo was about? 
Oh my gosh, too funny. Wow, you're asking, really asking some great questions. Thank you so much. I, I had not thought about that photo in years. I, yes. So, and this is another reason why um, I so badly wanted a place to table, which mm-hmm. I'll tell you about in a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, I had taken this job with Love Wins. Um, I, and the reason I took the job to answer your last question was, was instead of moving abroad, right? So a bit, bit change of, change of, um, of positions there. I um, was at the day shelter volunteering a lot of days, my junior and senior year of college, and I just was falling in love with all the people I was meeting. They were mm. becoming my friends. Um, they happened to come from different worlds than me, but they really were people that I wanted to continue to know and, and develop deep relationships with. And mm-hmm. so I took a job there. I kind of formed my own job, ran the operations at the state shelter. Mm-hmm. And what a part of the operations were that on the weekends, we would go serve breakfast every single Saturday and Sunday morning uh-huh. at Moore Square, which is a park in Raleigh uh-huh. um, in downtown. And we'd go out there. I mean, for years, we've been going out there. And so would a lot of other churches and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all, set, all the soup kitchens open Monday through Friday and mm-hmm. serves, a, serves a huge meal. And on the weekends, um, people who lived outside relied on or, or and or who were hungry mm-hmm. relied on nonprofits and churches and faith communities to feed in the park. Mm-hmm. And so we're out there feeding just like we had done the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a police officer comes over and says that we can no longer feed in the park and that we needed to obtain a permit. Really? Um, and a day permit to feed is, is, is close to $500. Oh my gosh. And so we are standing there. And so, so they said, you know, you, you need to get that permit. You can't feed. And so, so, Feeding in downtown Raleigh was shut down. Um, And, and the best thing that could have ever happened out of that, that pretty terrible moment is that the city worked with our nonprofit, our Mm -hmm. love wins Mm -hmm. to open up a feeding site called Oak city outreach center. That was um, close to the park every Saturday and Sunday where Mm -hmm. we our nonprofit and many others could go in and serve a meal inside Mm. Um, there were bathrooms, there was, you know, a place to wash your hands, right. uh, air conditioning, heat. Right. Um, and now that has turned into Oak City Cares, which is a huge multi-service center that helps connect a lot of different people to the resources they need. So wow. um, it was pretty per- terrible time in 2014, but I'm so thankful for the city for, for you know, working with us in yeah. that moment yeah. um, that, uh, um to, to really care about what the community needed. Yeah, I, I think it's like, I, I when I read that, I was like, wow, I can't believe that they were making, that it was illegal to feed people in the yeah. park. And like, really, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a public place, you yeah. know, so how is that illegal? But thank goodness that the city stepped up, you know, yeah. and, and they worked with you because that, I just couldn't like wrap my head around the fact. I said, wait, I mean, you, you and I can go to the park and eat. So what's, what's the difference, <laughs> you yep. know, yep. of feeding and, others and, who need it and, more? Exactly. And honestly, that, that, as I said a little bit earlier, that's kind of what sparked what was next because, yeah. Yeah. because, you know, you really saw the haves and mm-hmm. the have not going in different directions and right. people without money were really getting pushed out of downtown Raleigh. And, wow. and we all know gentrification happens everywhere, but mm-hmm. it was happening more and more. And, mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, yeah, I think many of us knew that we needed to do something about it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. You are the founder and executive director of A Place at the Table. Can you please tell me what A Place at the Table is about and what prompted you to create it? Sure. Yeah. 
So, so as I said, we were, um, I was working at the state shelter, working as you know, doing operations at Love Winds, mm-hmm. and, and this, the, the the situation in the park happened, and I just, um, you know, I just started to really notice the disparities um, and the the things that were separating people mm-hmm. um, in our city. While it's a great place to live, it, it definitely. Um, as I said, you know, people with money were going one way and people mm-hmm. without money were going the other. Um, and, and for me, I so loved working at the state shelter. It was, it was, it was just the best. I was developing some of the best relationships and friendships with people that came from different worlds than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing that we had a lot more in common than, than, um, the world would tell us we did. Mm-hmm. And so for me, getting to know people, um, is done through food. So mm-hmm. I found my back at the soup kitchen um and i um and instead of serving as the kid right i was eating mm-hmm. um with my friends who i was meeting at the day shelter and so we'd go um and we'd eat in the soup kitchen and while again it's amazing they feed so many people mm-hmm. i found that it was so different than my life experience where i can go take a friend or family or a date whatever mm-hmm. and spend spend hours getting to know someone um at any restaurant that we choose right. and so I started to take people out for meals and found that they um, wanted to go to Golden Corral a lot. Mm. So in Raleigh, in, in North Carolina and on the East Coast, there's a restaurant called Golden Corral for mm-hmm. all who may not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a big buffet restaurant. And so my privilege thought that we went to Golden Corral every time because, um, you know, folks experiencing homelessness were really hungry mm-hmm. and they could pile their plates on and eat a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend John changed my life forever when we're, when we're sitting there and, and, um, and I said that and he said, no, Maggie, I've chosen Golden Corral for the, you know, these past two times because of two reasons. First, I have choice here. I can choose, like I get to choose if I want a waffle or if I mm. want a salad. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he said, I, I feel seen here. He said, he said, you know, uh, people living, living on the streets, people ignore me. They act like they treat me as invisible wow. here. I'm seen. Right. Um, and that was that, that mic drop moment for me where I said, we've got to create a place where people have choice and people feel seen. Mm-hmm. And so I started researching. I found mm-hmm. the two can system. I was researching everything, right? Like just all different social enterprises, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. faith communities and found the pay what you can system found that it existed in other places mm-hmm. and said if, if it can happen in other places it can happen in raleigh too mm. um started working on it in 2014 uh-huh. and then the rest is history we opened in 2018 so wow. so um and then to really answer your question you asked what a place at the table is so picture walking in to any restaurant that you would go to any, mm-hmm. re- any of your favorite restaurants, little, little cafe like restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear good music. You, it's the, there's fun photos on the wall. You, you smell really good food. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't know that we at a place at the table are any different than any of those other restaurants mm-hmm. until you get up to the register, you see the menu boards, you see the suggested pricing model mm-hmm. and you see that everything is pay what you can. So all of our prices on the menu are suggested prices. Mm-hmm. So people choose to pay that price. They can pay more and pay it forward for someone else mm-hmm. who can't afford their meal. They can pay less. We know that some weeks are harder than others and all you can do is pay less. Mm-hmm. Or they can pay by volunteering with us. Another option, so not just or, another option is they can pay by using a place card. So a place card is a free meal for someone in this community. Um, we give out place cards to about 20 other nonprofit communities, nonprofit, mm-hmm. nonprofit partners of ours. Mm-hmm. So people can go get a place card and come back with us. 
So, for example, they can go to the food bank, get a place card, come back and eat with us. Um, And so there are multiple ways to pay. Um, and, and so we act and are, as I said, a normal restaurant. Mm -hmm. So we have a full menu full of really awesome chef prepared items, Mm -hmm. lots of choice, lots of tasty options, um, lots of gluten-free and vegetarian and vegan options. So it's, Hmm. um, you know, so everyone feels that they, they can find something and everyone feels welcome. Um, and as I said, everything is chef prepared. So we have a full staff. We know that people come out once for a good cause. Mm-hmm. But people will come out again. It's a food experience, community, all of that is good. So yeah. we have a chef, we have a manager, we have baristas that make the pretty latte art. Mm-hmm. We have bakers and line cooks who are trained and know what, and just are highly skilled individuals. Um, and then we have a lot of volunteers that help make the cafe run. Wow. Our mission is community and good food for all, regardless of means. Mm-hmm. Community first for a reason. As I said earlier, that. Um, you know, the soup kitchen's fighting food insecurity, mm-hmm. and we are too. So we, you know, we, we are feeding a lot of people every day that need need a good meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also fighting community insecurity, providing a place for so many people to belong and feel a part of something. Right. And so volunteers, as I said, you can volunteer for your meal. Uh-huh. Um, you can sign up to volunteer. You can come in and have a weekly shift with us. Um, and volunteers are helping do everything for that restaurant, to for a place at the table to to thrive mm-hmm. um, and and all the volunteers are doing it together and developing that community mm-hmm. that we all need and want in life and 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 really um that community and security that need to belong wow i'll stop talking no I'm no 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 that's i thank you for <laughs> no thank you for explaining all of that so i mean i i was introduced to a place at the table mm-hmm. by my friend lauren poston who told me about your place because she, she, she has a mutual friend, apparently, of yours, um, the two of you. And I was, like, blown away when I walked in, because I'm like, I'd never heard of, of anything like this before. And I was really pleasantly surprised and, like, really taken aback, you know, because yeah. I loved your motto, and I loved, I loved your mission and what it stands for. It's so, yeah. it's so cool, and it's so amazing to see everyone just, you know, you're there, to spend time with your friends and spend time with people that you want to get to know and connect with. And I thought it was so amazing. You know, I loved that whole, your whole mission. So, but did you, did you have any difficulties trying to get it started and how, and, and what was the initial response to it and how, uh, you know, and how was it, how, how did the community respond to it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, we had a t- of course we had a ton of a ton of um, challenges mm-hmm. getting it started. Mm-hmm. Um, it took about four years to get off the ground. Wow. So as I, I mentioned earlier, started working on it in 2014. Mm-hmm. Did not open until 2018. Right. Um, and you know, everyone asked, "What were you doing in that time? Were you fundraising? Because mm-hmm. we are a nonprofit." And I always say, "No, we are fundraising." We are really raising the friends that, that made a place that will happen in 2018 and still continue to make it happen every single day. Okay. We, it's really, it was really hard in the beginning. It was a chicken and egg thing, right? That, mm-hmm. that, you know, that scenario we always hear mm-hmm. that we couldn't raise money because we didn't have a location and we didn't, we couldn't find a location without money. Right. No landlord would rent to us. Um, they thought we were going to be, you know, some sort of, um, which uh, is a part of us, right? Some sort of just like, feeding nonprofit where people would loiter and things like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So landlords wouldn't really give us a time of day Hmm. and neither, neither would donors um, because we didn't have a space. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so, so we, we dealt with those challenges. Um, we dealt with the challenges of just like explaining who we were. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is such a good, a pay what you can restaurant is so confusing mm-hmm. um, because we're not a soup kitchen and we're not a for-profit restaurant. So we're, <laughs> you know, we're not in between. Right. Um, and so that, that was challenging. Um, I think, I think the restaurants are really hard in general Mm -hmm. nonprofits are really hard in general and then add the two together and you've got who we are so that was a challenge um and so we really I mean just so so thankful for the many years that it took to get off the ground I I I always I always say that like sure if someone had given us the space in six months it would have been a lot easier Mm -hmm. but I laugh and joke and 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 say that but that's not true because um it's not true. We would, we would have already failed it. We, I'm so thankful for the four years that it took because Mm -hmm. it allowed us to build the relationships and community that now make that place really successful and, and now makes that place continue to thrive. I love that. And you know, it's, it's really, um, it's heartening to know that, you know, there, your place is welcome to everyone, everyone. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are, you're still, you're welcome to, to be with, to be, to, to go there and have a great meal. You know, the meal was great. (laughs) I was like, I, I loved what I had. Um, and to see that, you know, community, community in existence is so powerful, you know, and it's so, it's, it's really amazing to see when you get a, a group together that whose main focus is to really give back. Right. Yeah. And, and to just like make sure that everyone is taken care of, not just a few or, or, or you know, but it's everyone. So I everyone. love that. Um, and, you know, it, it really it's it's kind of um, for me, it's mind boggling that we're still dealing with food insecurity now, yeah. you know, and and every day. Yeah. And, and it's like it's horrible to know that. Holy crap. Is it why are we still dealing with it? But it. It's unfortunate, but yes, it is. That's right now. That's what we're dealing with. But I'm so glad that you have a place where people are welcomed. You know, no matter what their status yeah. is, doesn't matter what it is. You know, you're you're welcome. Um, and I saw that. I saw that in person, and it was so lovely to see. You know, I felt so at home, and I I, I was like, yeah. You know, how do I sign up? <laughs> you know, how do I do this? How? So I'm I'm so grateful to have been taken there by a friend. And that way I can experience, you know, what your place is about. Um, so did the pandemic uh, affect a place at the table? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so much more than we ever could have imagined. And I think everyone felt that in mm. whatever or whatever they were doing. Right. But yeah, very much so. Um, we we turned into, I mean, it was essentially turned into a, a place to get free meals. Mm. We, um, before the pandemic, we, we had about, um, you know, about, about, we were serving anywhere from 50 to 80 people a day, a uh, free meal. So mm-hmm. whether that was paying a couple dollars, mm-hmm. eating for free or volunteering for their meal, mm-hmm. um, about 50, 80 pandemic hit, we ended up serving and in, the, in those, in that, that first year, upwards of about 400 people, a free meal. Wow. So we, we definitely, definitely thought that, um, you, you know, like it was, um, we, we didn't think we'd survive and, mm. and it was hurting so many people and just saw hunger at its, at its worst. Right. Um, yeah. And just saw that, that, that hunger increasing. Wow. And now we're setting more, you know, more of a normal, anywhere from 125 to 150. Mm-hmm. But 
um, it, it really was challenging. Um, you know, we wanted to feed people. We wanted to do it safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. wanted to, to allow our team to remain safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a struggle, but this community really stepped up and supported us and, and, and made sure that we stayed, we stayed as a place that, and, and made sure that we knew we were needed, um, and, um, did not let us fail. So yeah. I feel, I just feel so, so lucky. Oh, that's really cool. So I read, I don't know if this, if these statistics are still valid, but so far you've served, the meals you've served are 35238 The value of meals donated has been $62,000, and the pay it forwards is 4681 Have those numbers increased? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That was probably our first year. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, wow. I don't even know where that number is. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting at like 125 meals for folks in this community and, and it's, it's been incredible. Mm. Um, we've been open five years now. Mm-hmm. And so it has been, again, yeah, it's been incredible to see um, how many folks we've been able to provide meals for and, and welcome in and, yeah. and yeah. allow, you know, and, and, um, have join in our community and be a part of what we're doing. So wow. yeah, we're, we're about 125 free meals. Um, and and lots more volunteer hours. That's awesome. That's really cool. Okay, so um, who would you credit for where you are now? Say that one more time. I'm so sorry. Oh, who would you credit for where you are now? Who would I credit? Oh yeah. my gosh, great question. <laughs> um, so many people. Mm. I mean, the list is endless. I I don't credit myself at all. I I really just am so fortunate to have positive relationships in my life and mm-hmm. and gifted and just it's such a gift to have so many of these amazing people. Um, so we we you know in the beginning we found um, an awesome restaurateur that helped get involved, brought his whole team in to help us. Mm. We found a lawyer that brought you know his firm in and helped and helped um, us, us us with any sort of legal advice. We found an accountant who helped helped us develop budget. Wow. We found just hardworking humans that mm-hmm. wanted to devote 20 or 30 hours a week to getting this off the ground. Wow. Um, so, so, I mean, I can't tell you how many amazing relationships we had and continue to have mm-hmm. that continue to make this happen. So mm-hmm. it, I credit the Raleigh community for, for just giving time and, and talents and energy. And um, yeah, we, we, we would not be here if it wasn't for so many people in Raleigh that stepped up and helped. That's wild. I love that. So moving forward, um, what are your goals, um, either personal or for a place at the table? I mean, or is there something you have, you'd like to, you'd like to start that you haven't yet tried? Awesome. Um, so our goals, I think number one is to, to care for our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a, you know, we did it, we just launched a strategic plan and, and staff is like number one, most mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to continue to care for our staff, you know, who are caring for so many people every single day. So, mm-hmm. so really, um, you know, taking, making sure that they have the best benefits, that their ben- the salaries are benchmarked and that they're able to, to, um, afford to live in Wake County, that, you know, we continue to up retirement and any other benefit that they might, they might need and, and deserve, honestly, mm-hmm. the staff. Um, I think the second is figuring out what's next for table. Mm-hmm. Um, so is table going to help other cafes, other people who want to start these pay what you can restaurants are a table is a place of table going to help other people open cafes mm-hmm. is the t- place of table going to do something else to continue to help provide community and, and food to people in this community. So mm-hmm. we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking through all those different things mm-hmm. um, and really excited 
I think we finally have figured out, well, I say that knock on wood. <laughs> we finally though figured out how we function at 300 West Hargett street in downtown mm-hmm. um, and are excited to see what, what could be, what could be next. Well, have you been approached by people who would like to start something similar or um... all the time? Really? The time. That's awesome. We just, we just got back from Charlotte this weekend. A couple of us went and, and are working with a the group there. And there's, there's a lot of people wanting to start pay what you can restaurants across the country. That's and we, awesome. We feel very lucky to, to get, get word of that and be able to help. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool because, you know, I see that really flourishing, you know, and, and really just giving people, you know, the chance to be, to, to be helped and also be seen, like you said, you know, um, being visible is so important. So I, yeah. I love your I love your vision for that. So um, if anyone wanted to know more about you and a place at the table, how would they go about it? Sure. Yeah. So you could see us on our website at tableraleigh.org. Um, feel free to feel free to look us up there and see us. Um, we also are on social media, so you can see us all over social at Table Raleigh, and um, and then just come and see us. Come mm. in. Come us um we've got great great people and great food and you just can't you can't beat it so yeah. we'd love to see you yeah that's so that's really awesome yeah and then I so attest to that because I went and it's really I loved it um so if you had one thing to do if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago what would it be hmm, great question if I had one thing to change um one thing to change that I didn't um I would have honestly started paying myself earlier. Um, I I was working many jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at a bar. I was working at the farmer's market. I was doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I honestly would have paid myself earlier mm-hmm. um, to not be <laughs> spending. I mean, I was probably working 80, 100 hours a week mm-hmm. um, working to pay the bills, but also working on, on starting a place at the table. So I'd probably start paying myself and investing in myself quicker and sooner. Mm-hmm. Um um, to really be able to focus on a place at the table. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing would be I um, would start, uh, I would prioritize myself. So I mm-hmm. guess that goes hand in hand, but mm-hmm. I would, I would um, probably not work 80 hours a week. I would, yeah. I would, um, you know, practice self-care and make that a part of my life Okay. early on versus yeah. now five years in yeah. and having to figure out how to do that. Right, right. And my last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? What advice would I, it would be that, honestly. Really? My, okay. The advice I'd give my younger self is, mm-hmm. is take care of you. Yeah. Um, you know, life is too short and, and take care of you and make sure you're putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put your mask on that, 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 that's yeah. a cliche thing to say, but put your oxygen mask on first. Um, right. because because Maggie, you're going to be, you're going to be 10 years from now and, and trying to learn how to put the auction mask on. And it's a lot harder to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, oh, that's, that's beautiful. I like that. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for stopping by and telling us um, about your story and a place at the table. And I really enjoyed going to your place. And, you know, thank you again to Lauren Poston for showing me, <laughs> for taking me there. And I wish you so much luck with a table, uh, a place at the table. And I really hope that, you know, it takes off a lot more. And, you know, uh, if you, if, if anyone's listening to this, please go and visit. Please t- yeah. you know, go in and, and, and definitely take it in and go and have a meal there. It's really, 
it's really awesome. So, you know, thank you for, for coming on and, and for being so generous with your time. I know how busy you are. <laughs> so. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having, having me and, and, and being involved and supportive of a place to table. We can't wait to see you again. We can't yes. wait to see that hears of this here and, and come to see us. Okay. I apply. I apply most definitely well. So have a great day and I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Maggie Kane on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>